<laughs> Ashley's giving me finger guns. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of YA at Heart. Uh, I'm sorry if I sound like a haggard old lady today. Um, something's going on with my sinuses. I feel like Cassian in the spring court right now. Oh, like, <laughs> it just makes me itch. She's like, it just makes me itch. <laughs> Yeah, like my eyes are itchy, my scalp is itchy, my nose is like snotty. So it's not the best situation for me right now. But we're powering through because we love you so much. Yay! Um, so of course, in these chapters, we went over chapter or in these chapters, Jesus, I can't even words. I can't even with words. We went over chapters 29 through 42 for this episode and I have lots of thoughts. <laughs> I just want to say, I'm never going to look at a headboard the same way again. No! Never again. I think that was better than the uh, Bella and Edward headboard moment for me. Oh, shit. Well, he crushed it. <laughs> yes. I forgot about that. It was it was so much better for me and so much more satisfying. Um, Do you think... That the headboard situation was hotter slash steamier than the table slash paint situation of Feyre and Reese. Yes. Faisan smut versus Nessian smut. Nessian smut is Hands superior down. and will Hands always be down. So superior. Here's also what I have to say, though. Um, if the next book is about Elaine, oh, boo. Elaine has to be a freak. In order tomatoes, to pass to tomatoes. surpass this book, because she I won't can't. be though, because no, she's a crude I can't see it. And no, I can't see it. I, I really hope that it's not about her. I'd like another Nessian perspective, if we could, please, Sarah, make that happen, or a uh, Lucian Vasa perspective. I can do that too. But anything from Elaine's perspective, no, thank you. I want the next book to be As and Gwen. Just give me As and Gwen. Oh, I'd even take that. I'd even take that. Give me As and Gwen. Yeah. But anything from Elaine's point of view, I don't want it. No, I don't want it. Let's go ahead and jump into these chapters okay. where we still have our beloved Nessian, my new favorite couple. That's so cute. Oh my I God. know. Okay. So we start out with chapter twenty nine. And Nesta pretty much awakes from a nightmare and heads back down to the stairs. The house actually gives her water. Yeah. <laughs> and it tries to give her bones and stones to scry. And she's like, no. <laughs> yeah. And the house is kind of like flustered. Like, why not? Like her and the right. house are having a whole conversation right now. And I can't. I really can't. And like, even the house is disappointed. She's like, she legit says that she could have sworn there was disappointment in the air when she like turned it down. I was like, even right. the house wants you to scry, girl. The house is trying to like get her to overcome her her fear, fear. and stuff like that. So yeah. once again, the house is proving to be one of my favorite characters in A Court of Silver Flames. Facts. <laughs> it was almost as if he could, um, he or she, whatever the house was, probably a she because she calls it like a hen mother. Yeah, no, it really is though. Because like- yeah. It just, it wants to take care of her almost. So yeah, that was uh, that was really interesting to me, the dynamic to continue growing between Nesta and the house. And it's it's funny too, because she's the only person that has that type of relationship with the house. Yeah, right? Like, it, like Cass does interact with the house, it seems, but it's not to the same extent that Nesta does. It's almost like Nesta has a, a blossoming friendship with the house. It'd be funny if the house used to be a person. <laughs> Like, be our guest style. Right. Like, what if the house really was a person and then it got trapped or something? Or maybe they, like, did some type of magic thing where it ended up 
just being like a part of the house. And I didn't have a friend before. Okay, question that I didn't think of beforehand. Do you think that the house embodies Reese's mother's spirit? Oh, wanting to take care of people? Yeah. Maybe, because she like took care of Cassian and Az when they really needed it. That's cute. I like that. It's almost too much to bear. Um, So later on page 311, Cassian is at family dinner with all the rest of the inner circle. I like um, this. I like and this they're lot. pushing him. Yes, I, I like love it. Lot. Love the interaction. They're pushing him again to get Nesta to scribe for the cauldron. And <laughs> if she can't, they're like, then we'll use Elaine. And Cassie is like, I don't like that you're trying to use Elaine as bait to get Nesta to do your bidding. Like if she says that she's not ready, she's not ready. Let her do her. Mm-hmm. And as, oh my God, Asriel's like, Elaine shouldn't be subject to the darkness of the cauldron. And Cassian's like, and Nesta should? Woo! I was Stuck like, up for his girl. Stuck up for his girl. One that more time it. for the people in the back, Cassian. Stuck up for her. So it's just like, and I, bu- I bring this up in the later chapters too, in a note. And I'm like, it almost seems as if, and I know this is Nesta's, I know what part of this is Nesta's fault. Mm-hmm. It almost seems as if everybody has turned Mm-hmm. against Nesta. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of like, oh, she's a big girl. She can handle it. She can deal with it. But that Rather than really contemplating. Off, but it pisses me off, though, because I like sit there and I'm like, I understand that she's put up this persona of somebody who is tough and stuff. Right. Y'all, like, they know that Feyre is tough. Feyre fights. She, you know, can hunt. She whatever. And y'all adore Feyre for it. And exactly. you're just like, God forbid anything happened to Feyre. Elaine, oh my god, dainty little flowery Elaine. Like, you know what I mean? She can't nothing should ever happen to Elaine. She's she's the epitome of of the the Madonna complex almost, uh, right? <laughs> and yet yeah. and yet y'all sit there and like Nesta doesn't deserve for somebody to fight for her, to stand up yes. for her. Like it, yes. it honestly pissed me off. Not for nothing, but this this chapter with Amran. Who was, yeah. who was like snapping at Cass and was like, well, she has a week and blah, 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 whatever and stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, Amran, sit your fucking ass down. But no, I felt the exact same way. And I found it so funny that throughout the book, up until this point, we were kind of like, okay, well, we don't like Nesta. We're coming to like, like some of her quirks or whatever. She's still like being an asshole. But mm-hmm. this chapter really solidified that for me. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Why are you treating her like this? Right. Like there's no benefit of the doubt for her they're just kind of like and it's, it feels like Cassian is the only one who is like sitting there and it's like she's like Cassian's the only one that's sitting there like she's been through a lot just like the rest of yeah. us just like the rest of her sisters she's been through a shit ton can you guys like give her a break let her right. sort through her stuff and it's almost as if everybody else in that circle is like well no she don't need time to sort through her stuff she knows what she's doing Exactly. Exactly. Like, yo, she's taken enough time to drown herself in in drink and and sorrows and stuff like that. Okay. How long did it take you guys to let Feyre figure her shit out on her own? Or more. Or Elaine. Right. So how come every other person gets the benefit of the doubt but Nessa? How? Why? Why is that? It's crazy. I never thought that I'd be in the position to find myself defending Nesta from right. everybody else. It's right. insane. It's exactly. insane. But I stand for her now. Mm-hmm. Like, I stand for her. And it's also funny how Sarah has a funny way of making the characters that you once loved 
into people that you like question like you're like you're like yo can i can we get can we get resand from a court of mr fury back like can we get this type of dude back like can we because all these other like it's but at the same time though it's annoying and it makes me question them but at the same time i like it because i'm like okay they are flawed they're not yes they're not perfect exactly they're not perfect in any shape way or form and like they obviously question, they obviously make mistakes, and it makes them almost human while yeah. reading it. And it makes it more intriguing to sit and be like, okay, yeah, obviously, like, Amran is being a bitch, most definitely. But, like, for whatever reason, Varian is very much still in love with her, and he's very much like, hey, sweetie, we <laughs> talked about this. We talked about Did being we talk nice. about these? <laughs> yes! Right! Excuse me? <laughs> she was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, but I I for sure like that because it's like Sarah, she'll put these people on the pedestal and then quickly knock them off. Yes, yes. And I'm like, oh, okay, all right. So I just found that super interesting. Um, In this chapter, we also learn more about Meryl, who is Gwen's boss. Apparently she's, she's beautiful, but... An asshole. And yeah. she also calls herself a wind whisperer. Or whisperer, I think. Almost as if, yeah, she's like, she comes from a family of wind whisperers. And so, like, she's like, she's like the last one or something. So, like, she's supposed to be, like, everybody should be bowing down to her as almost as if, like, it's like royalty or some type of, like, high lord, high lady status. Right. And, stuff. and, like, and she's Nessa's like, oh, the just secrets like, are carried to me on the wind and you should watch your tongue around me. And, and Nessa's like, bitch, I got powers too. You wanna go head to head? We got this. Right, right. <laughs> Also, I was just thinking about that too. Like Wind Whisperer. Isn't that the same kind of gift that Azriel has, Shadow Singer? I think it might be like similar, but I don't think it's the exact same thing. Gotcha. Okay, so, so they're kind of similar, but not but really. Just slightly, yeah. Okay, because I was wondering, I was like, are they related? Right. Maybe they're like <laughs> from the same branch. I don't know. Another thing is we learned that Gwen isn't entirely high fae. She's actually yeah. like what, one third nymph? They're like, it makes her slightly different. We know that uh, in, in the previous books, it was a hierarchy of like, okay, high fae, lesser fae, and things like that. So apparently her being one third nymph is like an issue. She's treated less than. But also, this is where they talk about her grandmother was the nymph who basically ended up with a, a high fae. And then they had her mom. Her mom was apparently too wild for the autumn court. That's yeah. what she says. And then, please tell me, do you think her mom got pregnant during Calame? <sighs> yes, that's what it sounded like. That's it, sounded it sounded like, like her right? mom because it said the magic. It said the magic chose her. Right. So during Calame, yes. So she was in the spring court. Was oh it my Tamlin? god! Oh my god! Is Gwen? Was it fucking the Tamlin? Tamlin? Oh, oh yes! Oh. Was it Tamlin? Was Tamlin the High Lord at the time that Gwen was conceived? I did not even think of that. And if he wasn't, then Gwen is his sister. Right, because of his dad. Yes. (gasps) Bitch. Oh, shit. Wait, does it it say how old Gwen is? In this book, did we hear an age? Well, for her? it says that she's it says that she's young, like she's around Nesta's age, even though she is high face, she's like 20 something. So she could quite possibly be Tamlin's Tamlin's daughter because he was around for 50 years before Holy that, too. Holy shit. 
I didn't even realize that. Oh my, oh my god. Okay, that is a whole new discovery. Like everything is intertwined. Oh shit. Oh my god. Maybe that'll give him newfound life. Like he'll be like, oh, I have a daughter, and I should live to get to know my daughter and stuff like that. But like to be honest, yeah, that actually gives him a redemption situation because yeah. I have to be better for my daughter. It's a it's a love that he needs. And it's, it, but at the same time, it's not him smothering somebody. He like, you know what I mean? Like, it's a different type of love. Yeah, it's, it's a childlike yeah. love that like he could ten- he could potentially redeem himself with. Girl, I'm telling you, how late can you know? imagine if we find that out? And the next book is about Lucian finding out about his daddy, and then Gwen finding out about her I daddy. Heard it. <laughs> and then Asriel showing and everybody- up to Tamlin's house like, hey. Hey, Papa. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That's kind of crazy. Oh, also, Gwen was a twin. Oh, yes, 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 yes. We also learned that Gwen was a twin. Um, The only way that they could tell them apart was that her twin had webbed fingers. And she says had. So her Her mom and her sister are, yeah. And we don't really know what happened there. Um, Nessa didn't push, so we don't really get into it. But we might learn that a little bit later. Again, Nesta's badassness pays off because her step into Meryl resulted in more priestesses coming to the ring to train. I was like, oh shit, she's making a legion. A legion of women fighters. And like Cassian just looks, he's like, well, welcome ladies. I, I absolutely love this because it's like, this is exactly what she wanted. She wanted to Mm -hmm. not only have them come and like confront their trauma or I guess um, make them feel a little bit better about not being so helpless. But she's also like, she's empowering these women and she's empowering herself. And I feel like this is going to turn out to be so much bigger than she anticipated. I agree. I agree. At the next stage though, this is when she actually does scry. She's like, these priestesses are facing their fear and their trauma. And I'm asking them to do do that. Exactly. Exactly. I should be, yeah, practice what you preach. Yeah, so she ends up scrying, but she only ends up scrying with Cass. She doesn't want Reese or anybody else present at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And she does try to scry. It doesn't really take, like, her mind isn't, um, how do you say, her mind isn't, like, blank enough. She can't, yeah, she can't clear out those thoughts of what happened last time. Right. So, like, it doesn't, the scrying is unsuccessful. But what ends up happening is she has like some type of nightmare or something and like it mm-hmm. awakens her magic and then immediately Cass hears a scream they start hauling ass down to where her room is and like when they bust through it's almost as if Nesta has no control over her powers like she's yeah. like on fi- the way I envisioned it was she was on fire on her bed and like yeah. they didn't know how to like calm her down they didn't know how to like put out or extinguish it and Cass was like so desperate to get to her, to get her to calm down. Like he was willing to walk through that flame. He was like, through the fire, through the fire. <laughs> but ultimately what ends up happening is Reese obviously um, feels that power and he mm-hmm. comes running right in. His powers tried to blanket her powers and extinguish it and it don't work. It doesn't work. It don't work. Bruh, when Reese is terrified, you know the shit is serious. But they do ultimately get her to calm down enough where she falls back into sleep. 
So like mm-hmm. her powers are, are, you know, they extinguish. But then Reese is like sitting there and he's like, I, I can't even like he's just dumbfounded. He's dumbstruck. The part that got me was like Reese was like, I would. I was able to see what she saw when she went mm-hmm. into the cauldron. I was able to feel yeah. what she felt. I didn't know her trauma was that bad. I'm like, yeah. yeah. So you should have a little bit more fucking sympathy. Yeah. Yeah. And then he also reveals her power is just pure death. Pure death. Pure death. Pure death. And I was like, oh, oh they're gonna need shit. to. Um, she gonna need. <laughs> she's gonna need more siphons than Cassian and Asriel. Facts, yo. She gonna need a whole armor situation with siphons left and right. Like they said, seven was the max. Baby girl about to have 12 up in that bitch, all right? <laughs> um. So then from there, we move on to chapter 30. Uh, and like, this was really cute, this first little beginning. Because like, she wakes up from her sleep and she looks over. And Cassian had basically fallen asleep in her room on the chair. And he wakes up when he realizes that she's awake. He asks her, like, are you all right? And she's like, yes, but it's because he knows. Like, he asks her if she's all right. She says yes, but he doesn't the issue he's like she'll right. talk about it when she wants to talk about it see uh, the fucking dynamic between them it's so good it. it's so good um i wanted to bring up on page 330 i was like this is the healing that we needed and what we needed to see i think it's gwen and nesta they're basically talking about their trauma yeah. and what nesta says is that perhaps embracing those truths They'd given them wings and sent them soaring into the sky above. And I was like, oh, exactly. see, see what talking about stuff can do. Therapy, Resand. Where is it? Um, speaking of Resand, on 3.30, he's dealing with a whole other type of trauma. So we know that Feyre is pregnant. Um, the baby has wings. The baby has wings the way Asriel and Cass do. And so Reese. This should this should have been a happy moment for Reese and Cassian and Az. And Cass was happy and Az were they were happy and proud, but at the same time, the issue that they're having is Feyre isn't Illyrian. And so it's explained that Illyrian women have a specific um anatomy that allows their pelvis to widen so that the baby with wings can get through. Mm-hmm. Feyre isn't like that. Um and Cassian asked the very simple question that we all would have asked. Well, can't she shapeshift and deliver the baby that way? And Reese is like, no, unfortunately. Her shapeshifting could cause some type of strain on the baby. And when they conceived the baby, she was she had shapeshifted into an Illyrian. What they've what Reese is having a really hard time is that the baby's wings don't bend. They have the woman who bears that child has to have the right type of um anatomy to bear the child and Farah doesn't and so Reese is is very scared that he could lose Farah um Azriel also suggests that they tell Tamlin sooner rather than later about the pregnancy yes, yes. and Reese kind of got on my nerves again in this part he's like I don't care about how he feels about it and I'm like we keep coming back to this we don't like Tamlin but you don't have to be an ass about it mm-hmm. like you still need him you need to be logical and you need to not think so much with your feelings regarding this. Like we know that you're never going to forgive Tamlin. We know that that's fine, but you are still going to have to work together. It's the same way that you will never forgive Eris for what he did to more, but you still have a partnership with him. And I get it's easier said than done, yeah. but this man is already hanging on by a thread. 
I mean, that's what that's what Cassian points out right here in this little section right here. Cassian is the voice of reason. I understand that at that exact moment in time, Tamlin is not a priority to Reese. Like his priority right. is the fact that Feyre could potentially not make it through the pregnancy. Um, and I get that. I completely understand it. But at the same time, there's really no need to throw that much shade or to be like, oh, fuck him. Or if he's if he steps over this border, he's dead. Or I hate that I have to coddle him right now. Like, right. we like, get it. We get it. At the same time, though, understand, as Lucian has said previously, you are going to need him. So yes. you kind of have to suck it up. Right. And also, like we discussed with Steph, you guys are, are kind of even. A life for a life. Exactly. I mean? Right. But that brings us into chapter 31. Cassian limps into the House of Wind. And Nesta's like, what the fuck happened to you? Cassian, in order to get Reese to help blow off some steam, yeah. fought with him. Kind of like in A Court of Mist and Fury. But I will say, I had a problem with this. Because in A Court of Mist and Fury, it was more so they had a job to do. Mm-hmm. And... You know, he, recent fair had just mated. He was very, like, feral, and he needed to get that energy out of his system. Right. I get that he needed to get this energy out of his system again. However, beating up on your brother, isn't there a better way? Could you not go punch a, a punching bag? Could you not go, I don't know, kill some naga at the border or the bogue or whatever? Like, I... I get it. I get, I get where you're coming from. I also think... It's because this is something that Cass can offer as comfort to Reese in the sense of like, all right, man, like, let's get this energy out. No matter how bloody up we get, like, you know, that type of thing. I get that. But in this sense, it's like he's pent up with like anger and regret Mm -hmm. and all this other stuff. Like, what if he had actually hurt Cassian? I don't think he would have, though. I think I think I don't think he he would go to that extent to hurt Mm -hmm. his brother. I think it's more of fist fighting, like a physical type of thing. And I don't think it had, I don't think Reese, you know, would have gone to that extent of beating the shit out of Cass to the point where like, you know what I mean? He was like at the brink of death or something. I think it's more of, all right, we're going to do a couple punches, couple kicks, couple whatever, you know, so I can get this, this rage out of me before I go see Feyre. Because if I don't, she can sense that there's going to be an issue, that there's an issue. So, but I get where you're coming from. Yeah, it just, again, rubbed me the wrong way. We also uh, get Cassian telling Nesta about Feyre's situation. Yeah. And they've all been sworn to secrecy because nobody's told her how bad the risk is. What I like about this is that Nesta, on page 337, we see some semblance of her worrying about Feyre and worrying about the child. And she's like, I'll try scrying again just to make sure that that child does not have to grow up in another war-ravaged time period. So I thought that was really sweet. It's the first time that we get some type of emotion from her about her her nephew. Yeah, essentially, yes. This is her yeah. blood. So it's nice to know that, like, she's not completely cold towards Feyre or the baby. Yeah. Um, there is a little bit of, of, like, yeah, that's my family. Maybe I should do a little more. Um, yeah. And then from, from there... Um, <laughs> they asked the hard question. So, uh, basically, it is... <laughs> Nesta, I can't even... Guys, I actually did a loss of words. Nesta asked 
asked the hard question. Nesta basically is like, why haven't you sought me out? Like she immediately tells Cassian, why haven't you sought me out? And Cassian is like, I'm taking my cues from you. To which then Cassian kind of like internalizes it. And he's like, did I hurt you? Like, is that why you didn't seem interested in me? Which then brings me back to fucking, to Steph. Cause Steph was like, he different. When I read this page, I was like, Cass, what are you packing that you're scared you're gonna hurt somebody? <laughs> like, what are you doing? He's a um, weapon. Oh my god. It's a whole nother sword this man carries. So then oh my god. what ended up happening was they come to an agreement. Nesta tells Cassian that once he um heals up from his whole situation, he is allowed to fuck her in every room in the house. I was like, you you want to run that bias again? What? <laughs> and the way she thinks about it though is she she says that because she wants to give her time. One, she wants to give Cassian time to heal, but two, she wants to give herself time to scry because she's like if I scry and I get what we need, then having Cassian is my prize. Right, my reward. My eternal reward. That's basically right, right. that's basically what it was. I was like, oh, okay. I thought that. I wasn't going to say it, but I thought it. I was like, all right. So getting to her second attempt at scrying, this time she does it around everybody per Cassian's request. Ooh, and this audience. time is much scarier than yes. the first time. Like yeah. the room goes cold as ice. She goes under. Nobody can actually get into her mind. Cassian... So he was like, he was trying to pull her back. Yeah. So he was holding onto her hand and she was like, okay, this is the bond. This is home. This is what I'm going to tug on when I need to get myself out of it. Exactly. And Cassian's like kind of calling her name. When she finally does come back, it's not her. No. It no. is something completely different. And he said the way that her head slowly turned towards him. I was okay, like, the oh, way, get out of there, get out of there, get out the of there. The way I pictured this, I was like, this ain't it, this ain't it. Everybody leave. I was like, everybody leave. I was like, it's the horror movie for me. Get out. <laughs> but Cassian isn't scared of it. He just kind of tells her, he's like, Nesta, come back. If you come back, we can play. And like, everybody's watching them. At one point, he kisses Nesta. Like, not only yes. was he touching her hand, but he was kissing her. And this is like him trying to get her to come back. And he's like kissing her through whatever it is that is looking out of her body towards everybody. Yes. And she does ultimately come back. And he talks about how he could tell the difference. Like when he was kissing her and whatever it was, was looking through through her body. Like he was like, it was cold. It was icy. It was her lips were chipped, were chapped and stuff like that. And he was like, but then after a couple minutes of him kissing her and holding her, she became warm again, and then she became Nesta again. And everybody afterwards, when they when they pull apart and they're just kind of like standing there and they're breathing in each other, everybody afterwards, Reese is like, dude, y'all warmed up the fucking room. Like, god damn. Right. He's like, I mean, would you rather have a cold or do you want do you want right? Do you want a fire? fire or do you want like, cold? Like, come on. Right, do you want <laughs> fire or do you want ice? I don't I don't some say the world will perish in fire, some say an ice. I- <laughs> But it was it was awesome because it was the first time that they had had a very sultry reaction in front of yes. everybody. So everybody knows now. Feyre's dumbass is in the corner gaping like I, she's I like, never what's knew. going on? What's happening? I Again. never knew. Like, Oblivious. Go sit your ass Oblivious. down somewhere. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Like, are you really that shocked? 
Are you really that shocked? Are you really that clueless? She she definitely whatever. Um, but they do find out where the mask is. It's in the middle, which is the same place where the weaver weaver. used to live. And I'm like, (laughs) y'all gotta be fucking kidding me. Y'all love taking them. Love taking them to this land of mischief and lawlessness and monsters. Like Exactly. But ultimately, Nesta makes the decision. She's like, we go tomorrow. And like, Farrah's like, no, you know, we need time to prepare. And Nesta's like putting her foot down. She's like, no, we go tomorrow. And Ride at dawn, bitch, before I lose my nerve. <laughs> Basically, she doesn't want to lose her nerve. And Cassian knows that. Cassian's like, we'll leave after breakfast. We got it. Like, we're, we're good. So ultimately, chapter 32 happens. It's Cassian as and Nesta who end up going. Cassian being Cassian is making very light of the situation. Nesta and Az have a moment of understanding where they look at each other and they're like, we really about to go into this middle. We really are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where the creatures roam. The one thing or the couple of things that I want to point out about this before they get to the dread trove or before yeah. they get to, what do they call it? They call it the bog yeah, of they call it like a bog or something. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. bog of Orid. Yeah. I couldn't find, I th- the name is so bizarre, I couldn't even find anything to replace it with. So. <laughs> <laughs> that says a lot. <laughs> this is a lot. Yeah. So I'm just going to call it the bog or actually we can call it the fog because when they get there, it's really foggy. It's just foggy as fuck. Um, yeah. But before they go, Nesta kind of looks up the stairs to see if Elaine is going to bid her farewell. The description that Nesta gives for Elaine. Is it is it the one I'm thinking about? Yeah, she was like, Elaine is like a dog, loyal to whoever feeds her and keeps her comfortable. I was Yo. like, Yo. I, I sat shit. there, I was like, if that isn't the most accurate shit. What kind of dog is she? I'm picturing a golden retriever. I'm picturing a teacup terrier. One of those <gasps> prissy looking things you can put in a purse. That's what I'm picturing. Oh my God. You need a little bell it. to hear it I coming it. around. Like ding 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 ding. Yep. Oh my god. Yeah. We need pictures, you guys. Send us pictures of all the dogs that you think Elaine is. Wait, wait, wait. No, seriously, guys. If you send us pictures of the dog that you guys think Elaine is, we will post it on our stories. Oh we yeah. Will post it we'll on post the it on a story. We might even give away a prize. Shit. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> um. So they're in the middle and they're searching for the mask. They're like, just put a net out, cast a net out, see what you feel, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're flying around. They get higher up into the mist and Nesta's like Cassian I feel something or someone like we're not alone yeah. Cassian looks back to tell Asriel Asriel go he go <laughs> again we're back in the horror story we're back in the horror story bruh I was like nothing can ever be si- it could all be so simple <laughs> not with them not with them but they rather make it hard like <laughs> and that leads us directly into chapter 33 yeah so then cassian like freaks out obviously because as is um and then he sees the blue siphon asriel is is surrounded by autumn court soldiers and like Cass is like still holding on to nesta he's like what the fuck obviously here's the issue nesta isn't trained well enough to join them in a fight so cassian can't drop down immediately and help as And he turns himself around to find a spot to put Nesta down in. And Nesta knows, she's like, shit, the the minutes that he's wasting trying to put me down somewhere where I'll be safe is like minutes that could cost Asriel his life. You know what I mean? So like she starts to really understand how 
pathetic it is almost that she hasn't been training from the very beginning. That was exactly her thought. My thing was though, why take her so far away from the battle in a place that you know nothing about? You know already that it's void of all life. Death encompasses right. it. Right. And that anywhere you put her, she could be swallowed up into a void. Facts. No, it's why true. not? Why not keep her at least a little bit closer to where you are? Actually, you know what? No, I answer my own question because he'll be distracted. Exactly. Remember Damn. when Cat? Remember when Az did that thing where he was yep. like, "Oh," and yep. then Cass was I answered like, my own damn yep. question. And He's see, distracted. that's what happens when we when we talk about things and strategize out loud. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> um, so then, what ends up happening is Cassian drops her down on a tree. This is like the bog or whatever. So the way I pictured it was like there's like a marshy area and stuff, but there's like land here and there with trees. Um, yeah, it's like shark swamp, but less nice. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, so he drops her in a tree and he goes back to to help Azrael. And then we switch to Nesta's point of view, and Nesta is like, they've been gone way too long. And yeah. something must have happened. She starts to freak out. So she actually makes her way off of the tree and gets down to the ground. To do what? I don't know. Because it's not like she would have known where to go. Would have figured right. out it was, what's happening. It was just like a feeling. She's like, okay, we flew this way. Oh, shit. I have to get in the water to swim to him. Well, I know how to swim. Did he stupid. not tell you about all of the creatures that live within this place, especially in the water here? And your dumbass still decided, I'm going to swim to my love. So she looks down at her reflection and she sees her reflection and then something catches her. So she looks up. She looks back down. There is something staring at her through her reflection. And she's like, oh, fuck. I was like, yo. Yeah. And it's not herself. It's not like, who is that girl I see staring no. straight back at me? No, no, no. No, girl. Not her. And not to mention the water is like, it's not like your regular, like maybe grayish You can't see blue. through it. Bruh. It's black. She says it's inky it's black, black and it's thick. So- we move on to chapter 34. Nessa yeah. freaks out. She stumbles backwards. And wouldn't you know it, the creature that pops out of the water is called a kel- kelpie? I'm not calling it that. What is it called? It's a kelpie. I'm just not it's calling kelpie, it that. Right? I'm calling it the kelp monster. I'll take kelp. <laughs> it's just because it's the thing is scary as fuck. Right. And the way it's for described. it to have that name, like a kelpie, like, no, that's not scary enough. The so, kelp monster isn't scary enough either, but it helps. Uh, it, earlier, Cass explained to Nesta, like, there's these creatures in the water. And he, you know, mentioned this specific creature. And he was like, this creature is known to drag, you know, people into the water to essentially rape and then kill them. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? Kill and eat your flesh. And I was like, okay, this is worse. I was like, this is worse. Oh my God. And it's speaking to Nesta in this like ancient language. And she's just like, I can't get up. I can't move. Wait, Nesta pees herself. That's how horrible this thing looks at, like looks. And the next thing you know, the thing looks, it talks to her, it grabs her ankle, it drags her right into the water. And I'm like, I bet you wish you knew how to fucking train. Like, I was like, I bet you wish you knew how to damn well fight now. Cause like- At this point, at this point, I'm just like, how much trauma does this bitch have to go through? Like, <laughs> So then what ends up happening after that is we switch again um, to Cassian's point of view. So Cassian and Azrael have gotten rid of majority of the Autumn Court soldiers. 
They describe mm-hmm. these soldiers as like rabid dogs. Like they are just trying to kill. There's like no meaning behind that. They're not talking. There's there's nothing. They are just in it to like kill them and that's it. Luckily, they're able to capture at least two of the soldiers to take them mm-hmm. back to the night court to at least try to figure out what's going on because they're like there's no way that these guys are um conscious. There's like there have to be they have to be under a spell. My initial thought was, do you think they're both being controlled by Joe Pesci? I also thought that. I also thought that, like, as I read it, I was like, maybe it's like some type of mind control that's happening. And like, they just don't know what they're doing. I didn't even register that fucking Brillo might have found the crown. And why are they always one step ahead of them? (laughs) So then what ends up happening is once they've subdued the two Autumn Court soldiers, Asriel and Cass, so they try to go find her. Cass gets there. There's no nest. When I tell you this man fucking screamed. You know, uh, Stranger Things where they're in the woods and they're like, wow! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was Cassie and Colin for Nesta. He's like, Nesta! Yep. Oh my so then God. That moves us into chapter 35. And now we're yes. back with Nesta. She's under the inky black water being dragged down by this horrible monster. She immediately starts to have like PTSD to like the cauldron. And then Mm -hmm. the thing kisses her, I think, right? Yeah, it basically, because she's drowning under the water. So it kisses her and it gives her air from its horrible, foul, flesh-eating mouth. It rips up the sides of her face. And she gags, but the the reason behind it, and this is so bad, the reason it gives her air is because it wants her alive so that it can rape her and then keep her alive while it's killing her and eating her flesh. That is why it gave her air. I was like, if this isn't the most horrible monster that that and the fact that he's pretty much like violating her yeah he's like groping her and touching her and everything yes yeah and then she has ptsd from thomas so i'm just like jesus christ sarah how much does she have to go through like this is unnecessary at that point once he gives her air it continues to like drag her further into the water and at this point is when nesta's like okay i have to do something um and what ultimately happens is her magic calls to the mask. And so she's able to grab it. It, The mask immediately gets summoned to her hand. She grabs it. And the only thing she can think to do is slam that bitch right on her face. face. Well, yeah, because that's the only way you can use it. Shit. I mean, if that's going to save your life, then by all means, do it. So once she does that, we move on to chapter 36. And Nesta describes like, it's, it's a lot. Nesta describes like, she doesn't, basically, she doesn't need to breathe under the water, essentially. She becomes a different being. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't need to breathe under the water. Um, her lungs no longer hurt. Her body no longer aches. Like, there's no pain. She's able to summon the dead. Like, there was dead bones and bodies on the ground where she was being dragged. In her head, she's like, I want them to tear this thing apart. And that thought process summons the dead to be like, all right, we got to go tear this thing apart. Not Nesta rising up out of the water as a goddess Ooh. of death with the kelp monster's head. She's holding it Just by like the hair. king of hybrid. She's got a signature move, guys. She's got She's a signature got a thing. Move. She's got a thing for decapitation. You know what, Nesta, baby? I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Did you notice, though, because she came up, when she came out of the water as a different being, both Asriel and Cassian bowed. Yes. 
they bowed before the queen of the damned bitch. Yeah, <laughs> it was a whole yes. thing. I was yep. like, yeah, she rose up out the water like a messiah in that bitch. I was like, okay, that's <laughs> yes. And nothing. Look, you know, it's bad because nothing ever rattles Azrael, and no. he was rattled. He was like, I, uh, uh, oh <sighs> shit, I'm just gonna go ahead and take the knee, bend the knee. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh my gosh. After uh, they bend the knee and uh, Nesta comes back to her own, the mask comes off of her face, which apparently is a big thing because once you put the mask on, you're not able to get it off. And yeah. they're able to get her back to Hewn City. Yes. And that's where we are in chapter 37. And they realize as they're torturing the soldiers that they're not... There's nothing there. They're not in their right minds. No. And yeah, yeah. So Feyre suggests that they call down Helion to kind of see what kind of spell is on them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, great idea, Pharaoh. But also, side note, yes, Daddy Helion, bring him back, man. please, because I miss I love him. That man. Yeah, I know. I love that man. But I also was like, oh shit, do you think that Helion and Lucian are gonna meet up? I would have love, they met listen, before? No. That's the thing. The first time they had ever been in the same room was during um a court of wings and ruined when Pharaoh had that meeting. With right. That was the first time they had ever been in the same room. I need them to discuss. What I need <laughs> is for them to be in the same room and actually have a conversation. Words. Yes. yes. Because yes. I feel like the moment they have a conversation, it it will click for somebody. It'll snap it into will, place for somebody. It will click for somebody that, oh shit, this is father and son. Right. So I'm really hoping that that happens. Uh, I don't know about you also, but the fucking phrase sarah you need to find a different phrase because like to like was mentioned back to back back to back on page 377 on page 378 on page 381 i'm taking notes now every time this bitch says like to like i'm gonna take a shot and i'm gonna see how drunk i get throughout this entire this was so funny because i legit the more i read and the more i saw that line the more i thought of you and i was like oh shit we're gonna be pissed because it was was like like, everywhere it was everywhere Bro, I posted a story about it today. I was like, if I have to hear or read like to like one more time, I'm going to toss this fucking book out the window. No. And then I'm going to go downstairs and go get it because my annotation. Like this um, so then after they, after they agree that they're no longer going to try to torture the soldiers or anything like that, they're going to ask Helian to come and figure out what's going on. They make their way to Nesta, essentially, to mm-hmm. figure out like what happened. Reese basically asks Nesta, like, do you, like could he see what happened? Through her her head um and she does she allows him to go ahead and see what went down Amran explain explains a little more of what happened so like the kelpie thought that nesta was a sacrifice uh i also wanted to know did you catch that reese was like reese probably or reese basically told cassian like hey you you're not even hiding your emotions now you're just wearing them on your sleeve and cassian was like <laughs> Cassian was like, I'm past the point of caring whether you know whether or not I like Nesta. I love Nesta. And I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. When he said that, I was like, yo. I was like, this man. Cassian needs to be be protected at all costs. At at all all costs. Nesta will protect him. Um, Also, Nesta says that the mask to her is super dangerous because... She liked the way that she felt when she had it on. Yeah, She didn't have any pain, any guilt, any suffering. She didn't want or need for anything. And she was like, that itself is seductive and why it needs to be destroyed. 
No, and it makes a lot of sense because like she's somebody who's gone through a lot and she hasn't been able to deal with it properly or be able to deal with it in a, in a positive way. And so for the mask to be able to provide her with like that type of silence, which is what she was looking for, it's very tempting to her. So she's just kind of like almost like a drug addict, almost like an, an alcoholic. Like she's like, yeah. if I'm not in the room, if I don't have any access to it, then it's better for me so that I don't fall into temptation. Later in the chapter, when everything is kind of calmed down, Cassian decides to bring Nesta dinner. And of course, she is in the bath, butt-ass naked. And this obviously leads to the deed that we have been waiting for. I was so excited for this. I only have, I only have, I have two things to say. I have two things to say, okay? Then I'll beg you to ride me into oblivion. Woo! That line, <gasps> that line right there. <laughs> what? What? It was that line for me. It was that specific line for me. That, that, and, and what was the other one? Oh my God. We have another finger looking good moment. Or should I call it another, how many licks does it take to get to the center of the Tootsie Roll Tootsie Pop moment? Listen, for Cassian, it's how many many licks does it get to the center? That's what it is for Cass. He had every one of those fingers in his mouth. I was like, oh my God. Oh Oh my God. Oh my God. I was like, "Um, Cassian, I need need you to reel this in a little bit. This is getting rated NC-17. I don't know what that. Come on, man. Come on. Rated E for explicit. (laughs) Explicit. Seriously. Um, Nesta also tells Cassian again, this is just sex. And she could see in his face that he's like, come on, please. I feel so bad for him when she says this and he's just kind of like. I know. And she's like, there can be nothing more. And honestly, I'm like, girl, why? Why? Just tell him the truth. How long is this going to take? Right? But yeah, he um he does obey her orders. He's like just sex and promptly leaves afterwards. But girl, the descriptions. The description of that. Oh my god. I can't I, even like I can't even put it in the words. That's just no, rated I R. Guys, you y'all just gonna have to read the damn chapter and read it. R. Rated NR for I was not ready. No, not <laughs> at all. Not at all. For the description of this crap, no. 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 It felt like it lasted forever. I was like, Bro, what the yeah. fuck? <laughs> right. <laughs> so that leads us into chapter 38. And Emery and Gwen are grilling Nesta about this. They're just like, so you did They it, know. Huh? <laughs> they know. The moment she walked in, they saw some, some type of glow, some type of something. And Emery is like, you fucking took him to bed. You slept. Bruh, not only that, but it's like, I know they can smell her oh, and most him definitely. Yeah. all over each other. So it's like, do you even really need to ask? Um, and Cassian's trying to break up their little hen party. He's like, hey, no talking, more training. Right. Um, Nesta also ends up like kind of popping off to challenge him a little bit. And he's like, I can't have her challenge me in front of these people. You know what? You want to do swords? You want to do swords? You we think you're ready this. for swords? Get in the ring. Come do swords. But again... It is another pivotal moment in training with these other women, showing them who you are and what you can be capable of. And that prompts Gwen 
and Emery to step into the ring to also start training with the practice swords. And another thing that like happens to Nesta is as she's doing these these practice swords and she's really getting into the groove, um, she keeps saying in her head, like, never again, like, never again would she be weak. Never again would she be at somebody's mercy. Never again would she fail. And it's like, never again, never again, never again. It's like a chant almost in her head. Yes. Yeah. I, at the end of this chapter, I was like, dare I say it, lest I put my foot in my mouth. Mm. I think that chapter made me fall in love with Nessa. I agree. It, it made me sit and be like, yes. Like, yes. This is character development. Yes. I'm no longer in between on the nah. fence one way or Mm-mm. the other. I I am fully invested in Nesta as and a character And if anybody now. in the fucking inner circle sits there and is like, well, Nesta this, go fuck yourself. Go fuck right, yourself. Right, right. I ride hard for Nesta. I die on that hill for Nesta. I, will, I wouldn't die on that hill for anybody else, bro. Nobody else, but I will die on that hill for Nesta. Exactly. Nesta has got my seal of approval. So um, we move into chapter 39. <laughs> And call this bitch the Stairmaster, because here she is at it again. <laughs> she got to back at it again. Six thousand. She got. To She's the 6, actually doing step. really well. She yeah. is. She is. So technically, she did twelve thousand. She might as well just have kept going. Thanks. She could have made it to the city. She could have made it to Valaris. Yeah, but to. that's the thing. Like she's doing it of her own accord now, and she's doing it to get the energy out of her system to calm her mind and stuff like that. So it's just she's becoming. She's becoming stronger mentally and physically. Which is what she really honestly needed. Something else that happened is, so now there's more priestesses that showed up. So now they I actually know. have like a unit. They have an actual unit of women who are coming to training. So Cass is like, shit, I can't be the only one training these people. So he, he invites Asriel to like come yeah. in. He's like, we need a new, we need another tutor. So like, <laughs> like we're going to need a bigger also, boat. <laughs> right. As also comes in to like help train these these women because it's it's at this point it's gotten too big for Cassian. Um at the end of the chapter, Nesta and Gwen are meditating in the library. It's yeah. pretty much a practice that the Valkyrie did. And so they're trying to implement it in their lives. And it actually really helps Nesta clear her head. And she mentions at the end of the chapter that this is the first time that she's felt comfortable in her body again after everything that happened. And she also, she says it to herself, but she also admits that Gwen is a friend. And that is a really big, big point for me in the Nestaverse. I loved it. I was like, this is, yes. Like, yes. Nesta needs to be protected at all costs. Honestly, all bro, costs. she does. And I will I will defend her. Um. So then we move on to chapter 40. And this so Cassian takes Nesta to a blacksmith. Yeah. Um, he was like, all right, if you're going to train with swords, I'm going to need you to actually see how the swords are made. Like, basically, if you're going to train with this weapon, see how this weapon is made, see how it's crafted, and know that it's not just a weapon to kill somebody. Like, this is a piece of art that somebody has put, like, their heart and soul into. So he took he takes her. And Nesta actually, she's actually, like, forged some swords. And like a dagger, I think, or something also. I was going to ask you, because when I read this and they went there and then they left, I was like, I'm not seeing what the point of what the correlation this was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but little did we know. Yeah. So it comes up later on. But it's really interesting because Cassian is like so focused on Nesta and he's like falling in love with like that whole, whole situation. Like he's just admiring 
her and stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, Cassian. I love it. I love it. After that, we're back to training again. I believe, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're back to training and Nesta's pretty much like for three days straight, she's had this kind of like energy in her veins and she's like, I got to get it out. So she's like training. She's, she's going down the stairs. She's sparring and um, she's needing to find a release. Lucian, one of these days, actually shows up. I'm like, oh, Lucian's back. Maybe we will get that Healy and Lucian uh, reunion thing going. He shows up per Favor's request. Yeah. And he's like, Favor asked me to come see her progress and see how she she's doing and stuff. And Cassian is a little on edge about it, but Lucian is like his exact words were "Mother, spare you all." And I was Bruh, like, because she pulled a Captain America on the punching bag and the fucking destroyed it. She, she had left a, a silver, marks. Yes, a silver a scorch mark. The silver flames actually shot from her hands as she was sparring. And Cassian said when he reached up to touch it, it fucking disintegrated. <laughs> it's dead. So yeah, so Lucian, Lucian's take on it is, damn, mother spare y'all, because this bitch is, is oh God. Like, right, a temper tantrum could level the whole goddamn Valaris, uh, continent. Y'all need to be careful. <laughs> so yeah, please keep her on good terms. Yeah. So then we move on to chapter 41, and Helion makes his grand entrance on a Pegasus. Being so grandiose. And that was the le- the least grandiose of his plans into Facts. entering the city. Because he wanted a whole, like, Car- barrage. Chariot and, and horses right. and shit. Yes. Like, yeah. Calm yourself down, sir. Yep. <laughs> um, they also tell him about Feyre's pregnancy in hopes that he can find a way in his libraries to save Feyre from child labor. So that's Reese's um, hope. Reese's, yeah, that's Reese's Reese's hope. Because still doesn't know. Um, right. Something that I really liked was towards the end, he Feyre links arms with him and she's like, I miss you, my friend. And like, he's like, I'll deny it to the grave if you tell anyone, but I missed you too, curse breaker. And I'm like, Aww. this friendship. <laughs> I love Helion. I wouldn't mind a prequel about him and the Lady of Autumn either. Me either. I would love that, actually. Yeah. I would love to know how Lucian came to be, essentially. Sidebar, sorry, side note, whatever. But I have to find her account. I liked a couple of her videos. So she is at S-K-B-O-N book talk on TikTok. And she pretty much is like, hey, what if we petition Sarah to make this book about Lucian and -and so-and-so? Or what if we petition her to make a prequel about this? And I'm like, yes, bitch. Yes, we need it. So we I just want to hype know. her up. I want to hype her up because I already told her we need to get a petition going and make Sarah make these goddamn books. Because, like, you can't hint at it. You can't hint about this love story that obviously was epic. Nah, you're going to have to give me the story. You're going to have to give me the story. Yeah, I need the whole background from when they met to Thanks. when Lucian was conceived and she hid it from him or whatever. Yeah, Like, I need, I need all of that. Also, I need I want to know. Like, I want to know. Does he not have an inkling? Does he not look at Lucian and be like, "Bruh, that's but that's the thing. He's only seen Lucian once before. But even then, though, like Feyre seeing Helian for the first time and that one and only time, she looked at him and she's like, "Oh shit, that nose, that smile, that mouth, like that's Lucian." But when you're outside of the situation, looking in, it's a little bit more clear for you to see. Yeah, so that's I don't true. know. Maybe he maybe he doesn't have an inkling. Oh, it's also revealed that when Helion tries to look into the soldiers' minds, it's revealed that there isn't technically a spell on them. 
And it's also revealed that Brillopad has used the crown, which she has found from the Dread Trove, to take over Eris's lost soldiers. Again, they're literally always one step behind. So there's only one item left and they can't let her get it because then she'll be more powerful than they are. Another reason Helion is there is to also um, to ward the mask. Reese warded the mask and the mask unlocked the warding to let Nesta in. He's like, (laughs) nobody puts baby in the corner. Fuck you. And open the door. (laughs) (laughs) So Nesta, when they come up, Nesta is sitting at the, the table with the mask, reading a book. And Helian immediately runs over to Nesta. Because if you guys remember, Helian also, like, he hit on her. Like, he flirted with her um, in the last book. So immediately runs there. Cassian, yo, that mating bond is there. Because this man, he is upset. His teeth, like, he can't stand the fact that Helian is, like, touching Nesta and, like, flirting with her. And he really can't do anything. Nesta is a stone cold killer because she don't give Helian an inch. No. She doesn't give him an inch. She's just like, are we done here? Snatches her hand back. <laughs> she even looks at Cassie and she's like, are we good? Okay. All right. I'm done. Like, and right. I was like, okay. Bruh. Like, I I can't. It was a whole thing. Nesta shutting Helian down was a mood for me, bro. Oh, it my was God. A mood. It was a, so great. So, yeah. So, then Helian ends up making the wards with Nesta's blood. So ultimately, she's the only one that can unlock them if necessary. But Nesta doesn't want to know how to unlock them. So she's like, right. have Reese basically learn how to unlock them. And then they agree that they have to tell Eris about his soldiers. Immediately, Reese tells Cass, like, you have to go tell Eris about the soldiers. And then he looks at Nesta and he's like, you go with him. Because she knows how to play the game. So... Eris can be elusive and whatever. They don't know if they can trust him, honestly. Yeah. And they're like, you know, Nesta knows how to play his game. So it'd be better for both of you to go in tandem. Basically, Nesta knows how to maneuver politics. And they, right. that's basically what makes them a good team. So yeah. Reese looks at it that way. And he's like, she knows how to maneuver politics because she just knew, how, like just recently, she knew how to maneuver Helion. With no yeah. problem. Make that a high and- lord shake in his boots. <laughs> so, that's Nesta. That's Nesta. And then the chapter once again turns sultry. We get more of Cassian and Nesta's spicy time. And oh my God. Oh my God. Like they finished the first time and then she's like, I need more of you. <laughs> I was like, don't stop till you get enough. Well, they've never had enough. They're never going to get enough. So that's basically the song. Exactly. So it was the second time for me where they started. And the phrase is, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands on the headboard. And then hold on tight. Bruh! First of all, I had two thoughts. I had two thoughts. One was, you better hold on tight, spider monkey. Because I'm always going to relate back to Twilight. Always. (laughs) And two was, please keep your hands on the headboard and your knees apart while the ride is in motion. Yo. Yo. Ah. It left me speechless. I've read Smut. Okay? This puts Smut to shame. Bruh, not going to lie... Some of these scenes in here, I liked better than some of the scenes in King of Battle and Blood. Some of the scenes in here, I like better than some of the scenes in From Blood and Ash. Yeah. I feel like 
I feel like one, it's the character situation and development yeah. and their relationship. Yeah. And then two, it's that writing. Oh my God. All I gotta say is uh, you could read this and probably get a couple ideas for yourself. Oh yeah. Hands on your knees, hands on your knees. <laughs> <laughs> no, hands on the headboard. That's really what it is. Hands on the headboard, hands on the headboard. Oh, um, okay. So we move on to chapter 42. Um, Cassian has been summoned to Reese and Feyre's house. So essentially what happened was, if you guys remember, we talked about the blacksmith, right? And how Nesta mm-hmm. went in and she forged two swords and a dagger. So the blacksmith comes out of nowhere and he drops these swords and these daggers for Reese. And he's like, take them. They're they're made with black magic. They're they're not <laughs> they're not for this world. Take it. They're they're possessed. They're cursed. The right. Bruja. <laughs> the Bruja had her way with them. Right. Um, yeah, that was that was pretty funny. Um, I wish that we could have had more of that interaction just for the sheer fact of him being like, What the fuck? They're not of this world. Right. Right. <laughs> oh my god. What that ends up having is basically Cassian has to explain what went down. He has to be like, well, Nesta, you know, touch these swords. She like forged them or whatever. Then they, they end up figuring out like Nesta actually infused her powers with the swords. She and created a new, she created a new trove. Basically, basically. unexpectedly without even meaning to, she just right. needed to get the energy out. Amran basically talks about having Nesta continue to forge weapons. Like she's yes. like, Let's use Nesta and let's have her continue to forge these weapons because obviously we could use these weapons against our enemies. So then Amran is pushing for Reese to become king of Corinthian. And she's like, basically she tells him like, look, the cauldron has been nice to you up until now. It's not going to continue to be nice. You need to do what it wants you to do and become king of Corinthian. Otherwise, it'll offer it to somebody else. And I'm just like, I am not in love with the idea of Reese and Feyre being king and queen of Perithian. Like, and he even brings up, he's like, we'd have to go through a whole nother war. So that's the war that you have with Brillo. And then the war that you have with the other High Lords trying to rule. Like, is it actually worth it? That's what I I was coming to. Like, who, like, you're going to have a war with all the High Lords because who's going to give up their territory? Nobody. Nobody. Exactly. Nobody's going to yield their territory and nobody's going to bow to you. She's yes. like, oh, Thessian might bow. The other lords bow. Callias will bow. Uh, Lord of the Winter Court. And I'm like, wasn't their relationship just strained? That's going to be strained. a no for me, dog. Yes. And they were like, oh, and Tarquin will bow. Because you're fucking his his brother or whatever. Like, because right. you're fucking very. I'm like, no. So it's just like, it didn't make any sense to me. And I was just like, y'all are really... Y'all are really creating problems for yourself now. I it made me it made me dislike Amran because at this point I'm like you open your mouth and you say all the wrong things. Yeah, I didn't I didn't like that. I didn't no, like that at, not all. at all. And I'm really hoping that that doesn't happen because it's just it doesn't sit well with me. No. Um, but that's where we end for the chapters for this episode. I was gonna ask, do you have any predictions moving forward? Because there's a shit ton of shit, shit ton of stuff that's going on right now. Um, okay, so I do think what you had mentioned before about, like, the Valkyrie. I honestly think, though, that, like, maybe it'll extend more, like, it'll extend past them. Maybe it'll be, like, this whole, not, not supernatural, but, like, this whole, like, 
magnificent unit of women who had gone through so much trauma and then were trained by the best of the best. Now you have a whole new Valkyrie unit that Cassian and Nesta could help lead. Okay. Um, I predicted, because at the end of the chapter 42, Reese and Amran were like, you don't tell Nesta anything about this. And Cassian was kind of like very against that. So they're going to let Feyre decide or be the deciding factor. Um, But I do think that regardless of whether they say yay or nay, Cassian's going to find a way for Nesta to not only begin the train with her power, but also train with the objects that she made. Mm, Okay. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. Um, Yeah. I also think that with the amount of times that Nesta and Cassian have gone at it, that (laughs) she's going to get pregnant. I don't know. I feel like Favor's pregnancy is like enough for right now. I mean, the amount of shit that Sarah is throwing at us right now, why not? Why not? Right. Because we are getting thrown with a lot. It's like it's like snowball after snowball after snowball. Like right. you get it's left, like, right, left, right. Brillo Pad is starting a war. Reese should be king. Start another war. Joe Pesci is out there. Nesta created magical objects. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Sarah, Sarah, Sarah. It's too much. Sarah. Too much is happening. Sarah. <laughs> Now I I understand the videos about uh, on TikTok of that girl pretending to be Sarah's ma- Sarah J. Moss. Right, she's editor. like, but we can't have this. We can't do this, Sarah. I need you to find. Like, a you want to read that back to me and explain yourself? <laughs> I need you to explain because if you can explain to me, then the readers will understand. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that's that's at this point where I'm at. But yeah, um, yeah it's it's snowballing very quickly, Fast. and we know that in her books, when shit starts to snowball. It hits the fan almost immediately. Yeah, and we're only what halfway. We're a little bit under halfway through this book. Yeah. So there's gonna be, I think, multiple shits hitting multiple fans, or maybe multiple shits hitting the same fan. I don't know. Whichever oh, way you want to put it. <laughs> um, for the next episode, I have to do math. Please excuse me. Uh, which chapter did we end? We ended at forty two, right? So it's forty three. You start with forty three. Yeah, so hold on for six. Uh, so we're gonna read chapters 43 through 56. Okay, that's 14, right? I think so. Don't get me started. I did math. My brain is fried. I did math, but you know, these bitches can't do math. I can't. Do uh, math. <laughs> I can read, but I can't do math. Don't ask I me can't to do even that. Read sometimes. We be fucking oh, up bitch. all these words. Philadelphia <laughs> that's Sarah's schools. fault. That's not our fault. That's Sarah's fault. Uh, <laughs> um so you guys we have a special request of you this week yes um we are asking not only that you follow us on social media at y8 at heart podcast on instagram and on tiktok but we are also asking that if you love the work that we do please rate and review the podcast. We would so, so, so much appreciate it. It would mean the world to us, you guys. And make sure that when you rate it um, and you review it, you leave your Instagram tag so we can specially thank you on the podcast and on social media. We'll do shout outs and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Might even send you some stickers, maybe a t-shirt. I don't know. I don't know, you know? (laughs) Right. But yes, thank you guys so, so very much from the bottom of our hearts. Uh, so with that, we want to say thank you guys for joining us. Thank you guys for listening. Stay tuned to the next episode. Uh, mm-hmm. And always stay quiet at heart. Bye. Bye.